Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast. It is Tuesday, October the 1st, 2019. And we have tons to talk about this week, including we have officially entered the greatest month in sports of the year. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes, so why not add decor that reflects your sports movie and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Also, make sure you're following along with us on all of our social medias. I am at Big Jim Sports. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave. The show is at Huddle Up Podcast on Twitter. Of course, you have if you're watching us here on the live video, you have already found us, but make sure you like the page. Make sure you also like and share this video to get as many people in here as possible. We'd appreciate that. Uh, make sure you uh, you tell everybody about our show. Make sure you're subscribed to us on your podcast feeds on both Apple or Android. If you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a rate and review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, that's all the business stuff we got to tend to. So let's get Dave in here. Dave is back with us after a week in Vegas. Dave, you survived. How are we? I am uh, I am surviving and adjusting back to East Coast time now, so uh, <laughs> living that fun dream at the moment. Are you at least m- like mildly vert- vertical at this point? I mean, it depends what direction you look at me from, but yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. If you're on the floor and the, so is the bar stool, then both of you are right side up, I guess. It's all about perspective. So 
Um, we are All things we, are right in the world. Then. <laughs> we are we are back here. Uh, if you're following along again on the live video, give it a like and a share. Uh, we got Chase in here. He says fr- friendly wager this year between the Caps and Sabers. Sure, Chase, I'll take that one. Um, that that one should be pretty well, unless the 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 way the wager is if the Sabers will be worse. Uh, or I mean, if the you know if the caps would be worse, which I, I don't want to take that. So, um, but uh, obviously, hockey season uh, begins tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. We're going to run down our full predictions for the NHL season, our predictions for Major League Baseball playoffs, which are uh, already underway. If you uh, you know count in the wild card uh, play in game, which I still think baseball in a one one game play in is a bit ridiculous, but that's neither here nor there. We'll cover some things in the world of college sports, college football, and of course get our pickums in both the uh, NCAA and NFL. Um, Dave, so let's jump into it. Of course, um, with Major League Baseball now tonight, you have the first of the play-in games, the uh, National League side, and I got to pull the score up here to see uh, where that game is at. Last I checked, it was two nothing um, between the uh, Nationals. Three to one was the last I Okay, so three to one. Yeah, still three to one. We're bottom five. Uh, Milwaukee leads the Nationals uh, in Washington uh, as well. So that is tonight. Tomorrow night's play-in game is the Rays at Oakland at uh, 8.09 on ESPN. And then they uh, the, the National League Series begin uh, on Thursday. The American League Series begin on Friday. Um Times are not determined because they get determined based on when the uh, who wins the play-in game. So, real quick here, Dave. Um, since we don't uh, we don't spend a whole lot of time on baseball in this show, uh, do you have a World Series prediction and winner for me? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of have to go with the the Astros just as solid as their uh, pitching is right now, but. Uh, um, I, I feel like they're too obvious, and you know I don't like the obvious picks, so um, I'm going to go with the Yankees as much as it hurts, but uh, oh. I'm going to side with the Yankees on this one and uh, uh, go with them and buck the trend a little bit since the Astros don't even make the World Series. Um, you know, for, for me, uh, just, just for our friend of the show, Frank, uh, I'm going to put the Minnesota Twins into the World Series um, and friend of the show, Tim, I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put the Braves in the World Series, Braves and Twins, and uh, Frank called us once this year, so I'm gonna say the Twins are gonna win the World Series. Um, obviously, the Orioles were eliminated in uh, February, so um, baseball wasn't really on my uh, on my big radar this year. Um, but uh, there's always next year, right, Dave? <laughs> Yeah, we get to draft again next year. Exactly, exactly. All right, the the one of the big stories, Dave, and this is something I wanted to hit on, and and we we don't want to obviously spend, you know, too much time on it, but obviously the ruling in California yesterday, uh, Governor Newsom in California signed a bill to allow um, college players to start to get endorsement deals and hire agents. Um, this law, which would take effect in twenty twenty three. Um, would would really kind of change the face of, of um, college sports and 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 the the NCAA as we know it. Um, you know the the I know we shared the article to our Facebook page, so I I don't really need to to, to dig into you know long stats and big quotes and anything like that. 
Um, but but I, I do want to like mention our our thoughts on it because it is quite an interesting thing. And I and I believe I saw something today um, that 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 Pennsylvania may be looking into something similar. Um, so really, th- this kind of creates a, a, a challenging situation for the NCAA and schools and, and, and kind of this where do you where do you go from here juxtaposition. Um, the, the thing I've always said and, and, and believed, and, and I'll make it as, as quick as possible, is I, I, don't, I don't think that college athletes should get paid by the school um, to play because then, then you're, you're just a professional athlete who's taking classes. And, and to, like to me, like scholarships and um, you know, team meals and, and, and gear and different things that athletes get during the year um, is a form of payment, whether you w- want to believe it or not, it is a form of payment. Um, but but I, I don't see any reason why a, a student athlete shouldn't be able to go out and, um, you know, if, if a, a, a company wants to use them to sell a product that, that they couldn't do something like that, 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 that to me is, is different than, than the, this paid, pay to play. Um, you know, the university is making, you know, Notre Dame is selling number 12 jerseys. That's Ian Book's number this year. So they're obviously making money off of Ian Book. Um, so, so I don't see why Ian Book couldn't also make money off Ian Book. Uh, to me, it, it should be, it sounds simple and it should be simple, but obviously, you know, when you have to have governing bodies, may, you know, change and, and enact laws like this, it's unfortunately not so simple. Yeah, um, kind of adding on to this, and I don't really have a stance one way or other if they should be paid or shouldn't be paid. I know that sounds like a real cop-out, but um, I don't really care, to be honest. Uh, the, the the two real comments I have on this is, is one, um, w- without college football, you can, and I, I'm just going to use football as an example, but it applies across all sports. You can argue that they don't need to get paid in college football because that's how they got get the big contracts in the NFL. Um, switching kind of college hoops, you can argue that Zion Williams played 20 games for Duke, didn't play in the NCAA um, Final Four, didn't play in the ACA, a, uh, ACC Conference Tournament, and still is going to land the 20 to $25 million a year. Um, I don't know about you, but I give up four years of salary uh, <laughs> to make $25 million a year. No questions asked. So... Um, kind of going along those lines, I, I probably side more along the lines of not paying them, but better um, equipping their their resource needs type of thing. And I think if you pay them, you need to require that they're going to have to stay and get their degree. So kind of cop out a little bit on both sides of it. But um, the, the thing that I think is going to be the most interesting on this is what the NCAA does. Um, you, you have – the NCAA has pretty much released a statement that, yes, we know we need to change well, sure. you've had 100 years to do that, but <laughs> but what is the NCAA's stance going to be on this? And they're going to have to act um, fairly quickly, I want to say, because there's going to be other states that follow suit. Sure. What will be really cool is if the NCAA says, oh, we're not going to allow you to participate at schools then. If they, if they say that, um, if you don't – if you pay your athletes, you're no longer NCAA sanctioned. Well, no one goes to USC football games. No one uh, – they lose the TV contract. All this is done in a year. What happens then? 
Right. Um, the other thing is what happens in California, because you have a huge recruiting advantage right now, which is going to piss off all other 49 states right now. So you got a lot more um, you got a lot more problems than this is on the surface, just making a decision on whether to pay or not to pay. But um, you got a huge recruiting problem, and um, recruiting equality at the moment is, is not there. So um, the NCA is going to have to act on this some way or the other, and the interesting piece will be is to see what they do. Yeah, the NCAA and, and, and the Pac-12, obviously the Pac-12 uh, would be dramatically impacted by, by this law in California with, with you know UCLA and and uh, and Southern Cal and Stanford, um, you know that they would be dramatically impacted because you could potentially lose playing in bowl games and being in the playoffs and and, and things like that. So it is that there, there's going to have to be a reaction. There's going to have to be a play, and you know universities and the NCAA and and you know states and governing bodies. Everybody's going to have to get involved and and. Um, yeah, it's all eyes kind of are are now turned to the NCAA and you know, their, their move is next. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a situation that needs to be monitored. And Austin here in the, in the chat says, do, uh, junior college and D3 deserve to get the same pay? Well, I think it would obviously your, your, your pay breakdown and your pay scale, similar to, you know, your, you know, obviously a D3 school is not getting the same revenue as, uh, as a D one school, so there, you know that's that's going to impact things as well. Um, depending which school you're at, be it you know Wyoming or Notre Dame or Penn State or um, you know Alabama Southern, like th- th- that's going to have an impact. I, I, and and that's answers that I don't or questions I don't have the answer to. Um, you know, and, and he says, isn't free education enough? And alumni uh, basically get you whatever you need. Um, which, which is also, you know, kind of a thing that, that needs to be looked at too. But I, if, if this ends up happening, um, I think you the, you know, those loopholes are going to be, um, they're, they're probably almost going to have to be closed up or really be done, you know, even more on the side than probably they have to now in a social media world. Um, because you're, you're opening a, a much bigger, um, legal situation, um, and, and possible legal, more legal ramifications there if, if, if things kind of come out about um, any sort of payments or things like that. So um, it, it's, it's, it's something that obviously, you know, we put out there yesterday when the news came out. We can't, you can't avoid it. It's a, it's a topic that, that had to be um, at least mentioned. So, um, you know, f- for me, like I said, sell your likeness. I don't think p- kids should get paid to, to play sports from university and, and um, it, Really, it should be simpler than it's going to be because now you have legal bodies involved. Um, so, Dave, this past week, um, Clemson, of course, the the big news. We'll hit on this real quick. Is you know, Clemson almost losing to North Carolina. Um, you know, they fell from number one to number two. Alabama is the new number one. Um, there's been a lot of talk that that Ohio State should be the number one, or at least be higher than Clemson. And again. It's October first. These numbers and rankings are, are arbitrary, and in the long run, probably aren't going to mean a lot because there's a lot of teams in the top five, top ten that play each other. But um, you know, just a- as we're sitting here right now, I mean, I think we can we can agree that that Clemson has not looked like what we thought they should look like coming into this season. I thought. 
you know, that, that they were going to look like absolute world beaters week in, week out, and it was going to be an easy walk um, to their to their back to back championships. And now all of a sudden, I, I, it 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 at least on the surface doesn't look like it's going to be that easy. Will they still win it? All remains to be seen. But for you, Dave, who you know, how far should Clemson have fallen? Should they have fallen? Who? to you is is the, the the best team or the number one team if if you're if you're forced to have a vote who who is your number one right now so uh, first off i want to start on this um uh, the the number one thing that i and i don't to me in my my uh numerical ratings i have clemson at number two okay um again take that for what it's worth they are falling at the moment but they are number two at the moment um by a slimmest of margins, but they are number two still. Um, the the thing that's concerning the most for me with Clemson is if you watch a, the the post game on field interview with Dabo after the UNC game, is he pretty much said, "Well, champions uh, came out and they stopped them on one play, so we won the game." Like not concerned about anything, just lackadaisical. Like what the hell? And th- that leads me to, to to believe or question, like what was this locker room like? I mean, he should have chewed into him, but I don't know that he did. And the the issue is with Clemson is clearly on the offensive side of the ball this year, but the defense is playing pretty good in all honesty. I mean, there, there's not really anything you can say about the defense. A little drop-off as expected because of all the guys that they lost last year, but what the heck's going on? Um, but the other thing is, if I, I feel like this Clemson team is just sleepwalking right now, and there is still a ton of talent there. So the question is, what do you do with an extremely talented team that's sleepwalking come college football or championship game, uh, conference championship game type of thing? Like this Clemson team is still a top, probably two team in the country in talent, but are they going to play? That's the whole question. Um, Back long and short story, um, number one team I have in the country right now is Alabama. Um, I have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State as the top three at the moment. Um, solely based on uh, the the rankings and the way that they've looked, uh, schedule and all that. Uh, you go by who they've beaten, it's hard-pressed not to put Auburn at number number one. I think they're the only team in the country that has beaten uh, three teams in the top 25. I could be wrong about that, but I believe I saw that stat somewhere. So um, I don't think Auburn is that good. I still have major doubts about Bo Nix at quarterback, um, but they have looked fairly good so far this year. So um, long-winded answer. Um, Ohio team is or uh, Ohio team. That's good. Um, Ohio State <laughs> is the team that I think has uh, improved the most from my preseason um, power ratings, projections, whatever you want to call them. Uh, moved them up uh, almost a full touchdown. Uh, Michigan is, the t- is one of the teams that has dropped the most. Uh, mm-hmm. They're down about five points or so. Uh, so you have really almost a twelve-point swing in the uh, Big Ten alone, right there. Wisconsin is another team that has uh, drastically improved in the power ratings. They're up about five points or so. Um, so this this Alabama team, though, I think is uh, strangely under the radar at the moment. Uh, and the the only reason that uh, Georgia's not in the top three is they've only had one game where they've played somebody. And not that they weren't impressive, but I thought the line was going to be more dominant, which I put a lot of uh, strength into. Now, maybe that's that's Notre Dame having a better D-line than we anticipated. Maybe that's just the offensive line at Georgia wasn't as dominant as we thought it was going to be. 
So kind of a combination of, of facts there that we need to see a little bit more proof and see how that plays out. But uh, uh, just kind of an interesting fact there. I think Alabama is your best team in the country at the moment. Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I, I look at I look at Clemson, and they're they're probably my number four, maybe number five. Um, you know, if if I had to, you know, if I had to have a vote, I would probably put Georgia at number one. Simply, and and I think it's you know kind of that that name or that that that, that phrasing that the uh, playoff committee uses is is you know who has the best win, and I think you know at least right now through the first month of the season, I think Georgia has the best win. Um, Alabama doesn't have a great win, like in terms of quality of opponent. Um, like you said, Auburn has played three teams in the top twenty-five, but I still think you know Georgia's best win is still better than Auburn's best win. And I, I don't think I would put Auburn um, in the top four. Auburn They're gonna, with a neutral with a neutral site though and a road win, like two of them right there. It's tough, man. It it, it is tough, and again, like I mean. The, a lot of these teams are going to play each other, so it, it it is an arbitrary thing, you know. And and I know people want to crown Ohio State because they've put up, you know, fifty plus points numerous times. I think they hit seventy once, but you know the, the the quality of opponent. But I think you hit on something great there, Dave, when you talked about um, how Clemson seems to be sleepwalking. It does seem to be an odd thing to say when a team has. Won fifty-two to fourteen, forty-one to six, fifty-two to ten. Um, they beat Texas A&M, who was twelfth at the time, twenty-four to ten. But it seems odd with those numbers to say that a team has has been sleepwalking. But I think they have because they they really haven't been tested. And and unfortunately for them, I, they're not really going to be tested the rest of the way. They they are off this week. Then they have Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. Wolford, New York, uh, NC State, Wake Forest, and South Carolina. To me, the best team left on the schedule is at Louisville. Maybe I mean Wake Forest is currently ranked twenty second, but like th- th- there's there's nobody really there. And then of course you'd get the ACC title game, which would probably be against either what Virginia or Pitt. Um, Virginia, I think, is the better of those teams, but but none of none of that, none of those twelve, thirteen games, to me, gets you truly ready for the playoff. And maybe this team is just going, look, let's just let's get through this thing. Let's not get hurt. If we go undefeated, we're definitely going to be in the playoff. We know how to flip the switch, but can you really flip it when you've been that um, at least seemingly lackadaisical over the course of the season? And and, and that's going to be the question that has to be asked you can't deny the talent um on uh on on Clemson's team but yeah I mean you got to wonder how much you know how much of is the commitment um truly there and it's going to be something that they might have have to potentially uh answer if if they they fail to get the job done um especially if they lose their first playoff game so I I agree I don't want to belabor this long but uh I mean, I think you get you, you get a Big Ten champion in this year if it's Wisconsin, um, Ohio State in the championship game. I think I you get uh, obviously you get one SEC in, but if you have an undefeated team and a one loss team, and the one loss team beats the undefeated uh, Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, I think both of them are in. Oklahoma runs the table; they're in. I'm not so sure that uh, depending on how this shakes out, that you, an undefeated Clemson team, if they keep looking the way that they do gets in just purely on the eye test. Well, that, um, I know that's a pretty bold statement, but um, 
I think it could be interesting. The Pac-12 is in big-time trouble, obviously. Um, but if you have Wisconsin run this, it runs the table to, um, to the championship game, the Big 12, Big 10 championship game, you, you could have some very interesting drama here. Um, I think if Clemson loses the game, I think they're done. I think you have to treat this like the, uh, the Pac-12, and I think you get uh, your, your four teams from the SEC, the Big 12, and the uh, Big 10 personally. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with that. That that if that if Clemson loses, they they do not have the schedule to recover, um, especially because your conference title game is not going to be against a team that you're going to be able to make that final statement against. It's like, oh, cool, you beat Virginia, congratulations, you lost to Boston College, you know. So like, it's 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 you beat five, lost Pittsburgh in the conference title game. Good right, job. right, exactly. You know, and they're, um, you know, so yeah, I think the, the Pac-12 is in trouble. The Pac-12. Is always going to have that uphill climb that we've always talked about, um, and then yeah, Clemson might just be uh, you know victim of their own conference, unfortunately. So um, let's move on here, Dave. We have three games in the top twenty-five head to head. I I pulled Michigan State, Ohio State because they the Michigan State's ranked in the in the coaches poll because I was like I, I we can't just keep picking one and two games per week and. Um, that tells you where the, the, the slate has been so far, but obviously as we get deeper into October, November, um, we should at least have a couple, hopefully have a couple more, uh, games to go. Let's start at noon though. Fox this Saturday, it is number 14, Iowa at number 19, Michigan, uh, who's four and a half point favorite. The over under on this one, um, is 48, obviously, uh, you know, the, Michigan had to make a statement last week, um, and then make a statement by not failing to beat the spread. Obviously, they were they were going to win that game, um, but uh, you know they were twenty seven point favorite. They 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 dropped fifty two. Um, this week going to be a much harder test than than a Rutgers team who fired their coach today. Um, you know, Iowa's Iowa. You know, you you I think. Iowa is one of those teams that you would know exactly what they're going to bring to the table. They're going to bring defense. Uh, they're going to bring us a running game. Uh, and they're going to be a team that tries to wear you down at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, so can Michigan match up with that? Um, I think this is a game Michigan can win. Um, but, you know, and at four and a half is – for a team that, that, that is the lower-ranked team to be at a four-and-a-half-point favorite, obviously you're at home, so it's about one-and-a-half, almost a push, uh, which tells you exactly where, where everything's at right now. Um, I, I, I think I like Iowa to, 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 beat, you know, to win with the points. Um, I'm going to take Michigan at home in, in a real close one and a real nail-biter. Um, this one's it's, it's just, it, this one's hard to call, really hard to call because I don't I don't really know where either team's at in, in terms of playing, you know, a, a top twenty five opponent. Yeah, so I I, uh, I, I can kind of go along with that, but uh, the one thing that's really standing out when I'm digging into some of the metrics on this is the the Iowa Hawkeyes have the the best offense at preventing havoc. So that means that they are they are the best offense at preventing pressure on the quarterback, fumbles, turnovers, things along those lines. And contrary to popular belief, Michigan is in the bottom 10 in defense at creating havoc. So the combination of those two pretty much tells you, now again, four-game sample size, so keep that in mind, 
but th- this pretty much tells you that um, Iowa's going to pretty much be able to name what they want to do on offense in theory. Um, now, with that, with that being said, um, there, there's still a chance that things can go wrong, and Iowa just hasn't had any fumbles lost this year. So that type of thing. Um, but with that being said, I think you have to give a strong look to to Iowa winning straight up here. Um, so I am taking the over, and I am taking uh, Iowa on the money line here straight up. All right, there we go. Um, I, I actually and I don't have to answer to a wife about Michigan, so that helps. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got I got some uh, angry response off that one uh, a couple of weeks ago um, when I picked Wisconsin, and unfortunately, I was right, way too right. Um, but um, I, I also I, I actually like the under on this one, um, just to, to argue with you. For no just for no other reason, but to argue with you. Um, so let's go to uh, 3:30 p.m. on CBS. It is number seven Albany, three point road favorite against number ten Florida. The over under on this one 47. Um, I, I I like Auburn. I, I you know I still don't really buy the uh, Florida at number ten. I think the last time um, I really watched any Florida was a few weeks ago when. Uh, Kentucky had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. Uh, there was, you know, some a couple of turnovers late that, that Florida was able to open up the score, but the game was a lot closer um, than the uh, than the number put out there. I just I can't trust a Florida team. I like I, it's just for the last couple of years they they they've seemed to be like they all right they're putting it back together. You know, first time since Tebow that you know they're going to be in the national champion conversation and then it just falls apart so until they prove me otherwise I, I I can't trust a Florida team I'm going to take Auburn I'm going to take Auburn with the points um I like the over I feel like it's just one of those SEC games that uh the defenses are going to forget to do, uh, defend so I'm going the opposite side on both I'm going uh Florida and I'm going uh the under uh thinking this is going to be a defensive battle uh, Florida, if I remember correctly, Felipe Franks, the quarterback, is out. Uh, so they're going to have the backup, which means they're going to have to know. Um, they're going to have to ground control and control tr- clock here. I also don't think that uh, Bo Nix is nearly as good as his uh, hype has led on so far this year. So I think he's going to struggle um, being a true road game here. So um, all those factors combined, uh, calling Florida on the straight-up upset here. All right, very good. And then finally, like I said, Michigan State, number 23 in the coaches poll um, at number four, Ohio State, who is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in this one. The over-under is 50. This one is your night game uh, on ABC for the second straight week. Why the hell are we subjected to a Big Ten team getting throttled by Ohio State uh, in prime time? And maybe it's just because there's no no other game to put on. But – Look, I, Michigan State's not very good. Um, Ohio State, uh, we again, they're, they're going to look great. They're going to put up gaudy numbers. Um, they're going to make some sort of a statement that, uh, you know, we should be in the top two or whatever. Um, and then maybe they should be. And th- 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 I said the same exact thing on Twitter. Maybe they are as good as they look, but we just don't know that because they have not played anybody this week. Uh, is no different. I'm going to take Ohio State. I'm going to take the over because Ohio State might score fi- score 50 themselves. Um, this may be the 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 nail in the coffin for 
um, Michigan State's head coach, who's who's you know been uh, rumored to be out, depending on the results of this season. And um, I'm going to take even Ohio State with the points, twenty and a half. Yeah, easy. Ohio State rolling on this one. So I, uh, I I think this line is inflated based on the love for Ohio State at the moment. Um, I think they win this game, but uh, I am likely going to be on Ohio State come Saturday night, uh, hoping that I catch 21 here. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and let this one keep going up, 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 up. But uh, I, I think Michigan State has enough here on the defensive side of the ball to, to hold Ohio State down enough to hopefully cover the 21 and a half that I'm going to get. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think I'm going to – this is one of those that you, you got to hold your nose, close your eyes, and uh, have someone else hit the submit button. But uh, – I think uh, I think that uh, they're going to have enough here to cover. Uh, it's going to be ugly, but uh, they're going to have enough to cover. So, two questions for you here, Jim, before we move on from the college play. Sure, sure. Uh, one, one. Who does Notre Dame play this week? Uh, Bowling Green. Ah, oh, damn! I thought after all the trash talking you were doing on Virginia that that game was coming up this week. But no, that was just last week. Last week, and and Virginia was leading at halftime. Oh, That's right. I yeah, Virginia. Um, surprised me and scared me uh quite a bit um but the irish pulled pulled away in the second half but um the the quarterback whose name slips my mind at at virginia um very rg3 like he's elusive um actually has a pretty good arm on him and um virginia was better than i thought they were so uh happy notre dame won but virginia surprised me so this is why all the Virginia trash talks happening this week because your chest <laughs> is puffed out and ready to go. Uh, another so question other, you said? Uh, yeah, other, uh, other comment I just kind of wanted to make here. Um, I, 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 I wanna, uh, we're, we're in the area, so I want to call everyone's attention to it, but this, uh, this Penn State line is getting ridiculously out of control. Um, I think it opened at 16 or 17, and uh, it has blown through 17, 20, 21, and 24, and it's on its way to 27 if it's not there already. So, And they, who, um, who do they play this week? They have Perdomp. Oh, okay. But uh, Perdomp's quarterback is out, and I believe they might be down a wide receiver as well. So, uh, And uh, Jimmy Franklin does not like them, so they should pretty much be able to name it. Uh, I am not getting involved in it, but uh, there's no way in heck you're going to see a Perdomp ticket on the, on me at all. But uh, <laughs> an interesting one there, to say the least. And I assume it's uh, it's in State College. Obviously, yeah. Um, I, I thought you know maybe some miracle might strike like um, Purdue and and Ohio State last year, but it, especially if it's in Happy Valley, yeah, that one should be um, pretty uh, pretty open and shut for the Nittany Lions. Um, all right, let's move to the NFL. Just real quick, looking at this past week, um, it was it was well, it's a weird, just such a weird week. Um, nothing seems to make sense, or at least very little. Um, I would say, like, yes or no? Are the Lions good? I because like when they when they when they beat the Eagles, I was like, okay, maybe the Eagles are bad, and then. The Eagles bounced back, and the Lions went like toe to toe with the Chiefs. So, like, are, are they are they good? Are they kind of good, or at least better than we thought? Like, I I don't know how to feel about them, Dave. So better than I thought. The answer is yes. 
Um, the, the way I'm going to answer the question is the, the NFL this year is a lot about situational spots is what it seems to be doing so far and, and look aheads and things along those lines. And um, it, it's, the Lions have been in a couple of really good situational spots, so I think they're starting to get a little overvalued, if that makes sense. They played sure. the Eagles, and the Eagles had no one playing. Um, very nice hit in Vegas, for the record, at uh, plus 160 on the money line. Thank you. <laughs> or plus 180 on the money line. Very nice. Um, but the Lions are starting to get a little bit uh, overvalued. Um, the interesting fact about this is they had uh, Darius Slay was out last week, who's one of their best corners. I believe they had a lineman out too, so they weren't even fully healthy and should have beaten the Chiefs in all in all realisticness and uh, honesty. There, that they they really should have came away with the upset there. So um, this line team is going to be interesting to watch, uh, just because they they are um, they have a lot of uh, mid level talent. Probably about the way that I put it, you don't have any uh, true real um, elite talent, but you have a lot of uh, upper mid level talent. If that makes any sense, so. Um, I would say, yes, they are good, but are they playoff-worthy? I would say they're borderline. Okay, that's fair. Um, and th- this question to you as a as a Panthers fan, are the Panthers better off without Cam Newton? Um, I know how they've looked. Sometimes I do think it might be a little bit easier for teams, and we saw it with the Eagles a couple of years ago, um, sometimes to appear better uh, without your starting quarterback. But, you know, Allen looks good. And, and, you know, are the Panthers better off without Cam Newton? So, to answer this question, and I will get there after a Dave Ramble. Oh, God. um, Are the Panthers better off with Cam Newton? The question that has to be answered in order to answer that question is how healthy is Cam Newton? If Cam Newton has to stand in the pocket and cannot even quarterback sneak, they're better with me playing quarterback. <laughs> if if Cam Newton is healthy is ninety percent and it's his you know his shoulder versus his ankles and he's able to run, um, they're probably better with Cam Newton. But this uh, this Panthers team is is uh, coming around here. Their their defensive line is no freaking joke. Um, they are are very solid on the lines, uh, offensive as well. And uh, as you know that. Uh, really good offensive lines can make a so-so quarterback look pretty good. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's assisting with things. Uh, are they better off with with, uh, with uh, Kyle Allen than Cam Newton? Uh, Cam Newton the way he was earlier this year? Absolutely. I mean, this Panthers team, the, the scary part about this is if they start uh, Kyle Allen both the first two games, this Panthers team is probably 4-0. Um, they, they statistically dominated the Rams game one, and they uh, – had every opportunity to beat the Bucks game game two, but uh, had a uh, inept quarterback there. So um, this Panthers team is still undervalued in the market. Uh, I will 100% be on them this week against Jacksonville. That line's too low. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, let's look at the big five games for this week, Dave. Um, just a, a a note. Obviously, bye weeks began last week. Uh, the Dolphins and the Lions are on a bye this week. And the London games start, but it's not one of your uh, like 9 a.m. ones. This one is a, um evening game in London, so it is a 1 p.m. start here. So you don't have to worry about uh, waking so up and setting I, I your fantasy lineups early. London game. I want to touch on that London game real quick, Jim. But sure. uh, 
What do you do with the Bears with uh, Chase Daniel at quarterback versus Mitchell? Um, what in terms of do you play Chase Daniel if if Mitch is? What do you What do you think though? Like to me, there's virtually no drop off, if any, from uh, Chase to to Mitchell. Um, kind of the same thing that we have going on in Carolina right now. That there's there's no drop off from Cam Newton to Kyle Allen the way Cam Newton was early in the season. And I, I think you're getting some value on the team that has the backup because of the fact that um, the starting quarterback was clearly not uh, effective, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think the the fortunate thing for, for Chicago is, you know, I, I don't think either way your 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 bread and butter bread and butter is made with the quarterback position, whether it's it, it's you know, who whoever's under center. You know, I think your 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 best bet to win games is um, running the ball, controlling the clock, and, and letting your defense work. So, you know, I think you know, out of those three, like running game, defense, quarterback, I think quarterback is is the third most important out of those three. So, as long as your your defense is healthy and they can, um, you know, they can continue to, to pressure quarterbacks and things like that. Your offense isn't going to have to score a lot of points. You get it. You, you get you know even a ten point lead. Let your defense work and run clock because you have great running backs. Um, you should be fine. So so the quarterback position might not even matter. And I you know I would not. I wouldn't put Trubisky back in there until he's a hundred percent. So I, I guess that answers your question. Um, just uh, good answer, Dave. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't. I wouldn't play him until he's fully healthy. Bottom line. Um, so let's uh, let's go to the Big Five here, Dave. Uh, starting Thursday night, actually a, a pretty good looking game, at least on paper, uh, on a Thursday night. The three and one Rams and the three and one Seahawks. Uh, Seattle's a one and a half point favorite at home. This one is, uh, of course, eight twenty on Fox, the NFL Network, and also Amazon Prime Video. Um, which is, uh, I think this is the second straight year they've, they've done that. So if you have prime video, um, you can watch NFL games on there. So, uh, the 40, 49 is the, uh, is the over under, um, the Rams obviously coming off a, uh, tough loss to the Buccaneers, which still seems and feels really weird to say that, um, Seattle at home. Jared Goff got outplayed by Jameis Winston. Yeah. Period. Well, and you know, Winston, and and we will talk about the Buccaneers here in a second, but it it shouldn't be a surprise when Winston plays well. And I'll leave it at that till we talk about the Buccaneers. But you know, I just think this one, the I see Seattle is going to be too good at home. I think the Rams are going to be reeling from from what was probably a really surprising loss. I mean, you scored points, but your your defense uh got rattled and and now you got to go up to a, a a very tough environment in Seattle. Um so I like Seattle to win and obviously I'm going to take points because it's one and a half. So um it's it's pretty hard to 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 fall into a Rams win with the points, Seattle uh wins the game. But I'm going to take Ram, uh, Seattle with the points. Um, I'm going to take the over on this one, um, because the Rams are going to move the ball, but Seattle, I just think is going to, going to move the ball a little bit more. It's not going to be well over the number, but slightly over. So I'm taking the under and I'm taking, uh, the Rams here. Uh, This line has, uh, substantially adjusted from 
from last week, which uh, a little bit overreaction as uh, you know, I generally like to fall into those spots. Um, the, the one thing that I think really benefits the Rams this week is they just got blown up with pressure. So it's going to be top of mind to everyone. Um, the, the clear cut on how you beat uh, golf is you get him pressured and hurried. He is terrible under pressure when hurried. If he's got a clean pocket, he's an elite quarterback. Um, so it's pretty simple. If you want to beat the Rams, that's all you have to do. But uh, I, I think you're getting a little bit of value in the number here. Uh, you've got three to four points of movement from where it was last week based on last week's games. So um, what has really caused that? A little bit of an overreaction, in my opinion. Um, but I think the, the other thing is that you have a Seattle team that cruised through Arizona, who people are somehow thinking Arizona is pretty good this year. And no. So I, I think uh, based on all this and based on just having to get through this week, I think you're going to see a very uh, conservative game plan from both sides of the ball running it a lot, which I think is going to play the under. And then I think there's just more talent on uh, the Rams who've done the short week. That's going to help pull them through. But uh, no, not, not a lot of confidence in this, but uh, that's my uh, pick at the moment, the Rams and the under. All right, very good. Yeah, um, we're, we're obviously making these on Tuesday. This game is only two days away, but the, the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, the NFL Sunday games are uh, are almost seemingly almost a week away uh, at this point. College games are, are a few more days out as well. Um, so you always want to recheck uh, any lines and points before you uh, do anything official. Um, uh, you know, just these, these we're guiding you. We're not telling you what to do. Uh, so let's move to Sunday, Dave. Um, the Buccaneers two and two coming off that big win uh, at the three and one Saints, who are uh, three and a half point favorite. Uh, over under on this one's forty seven. This one at one o'clock on Fox. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like for the Buccaneers, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a shock when when they do well offensively. I mean, Jameis Winston, yes, not the brightest uh, bulb in the box, but. Um, the, the guy can play football fairly well, and there are a number of weapons if and when they can open them up. Um, somehow they did that this past week. Um, you know, New Orleans had had the had the close win against Dallas on Sunday. Um, they are now two and zero with Teddy Bridgewater, and I mean that's a great story right there. No matter what happens when when Breeze comes back, and um, you know, and, and where Teddy Bridgewater's career goes. Um, beyond you know this backup role currently, um, a hell of a story for him to come back from the leg injury that he had. Um, you know the the Saints got bottled up from from the Cowboys defensively, but I think that they they should be able to um play more of a a Saints game and uh, th- something that we recognize more from the Saints. Um, and I and their defense is good as well, so I think they're going to cap um whatever momentum the Buccaneers had. So. Uh, I like the Saints with the points. Uh, I'm I'm going to take the. I'm going to, still going to take the under though. I don't think that the, the Saints' offense is clicking on all all facets, and they're going to shut down the Bucks. Yeah, I have uh, I have very little feel in this game. It's one of the few games I really don't like this week. Um, my what what I'm seeing at the moment tells me that the Buccaneers should win this game. Um, they they just have to have a non inept play calling like our good friends from Texas had against the Saints this past week. Yeah, um, the Buccaneers are gonna they're, they're gonna stop the run. Um, one of the most underrated run defenses in football. Um, key number one to beating Teddy Bridgewater. Key number two is when you have uh, when you get them into these passing situations, you have to have press on the line. 
Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had seven throws of 10 yards or more versus the Cowboys. He went one of seven with one interception and one more that should have been picked off, but wasn't. Um, one for seven, he threw seven passes over 10 yards and they won the game. Number two, uh, or number three, you have to know that you're, when you're sending pressure here, it, it's going to lead to even more quick throws. So you can't be 10 yards off the, the, the line like some of our idiotic uh, blue, white, and silver friends were this past weekend on Sunday night, or Monday night, when it's Sunday night. Sunday like, night. If you're going to send pressure to get the quick throws, then he's going to get the ball out immediately, which means that if you're 10 yards off the, the line, he's got a completion. Like, these just kind of go hand in hand in hand on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I I think that the key to this game is Tampa Bay is going to stop the run with the run defense. I think Tampa Bay is going to be smart enough, hopefully, uh, to bring everyone up and not allow those quick completions. And quite frankly, if if you're smart at all in this situation, Tampa Bay or uh, New Orleans has Alvin Kamara and Teddy Bridgewater at the quarterback. You stop Kamara, even if you have to put nine in the box and you let your, your wide receivers and cornerbacks uh, you know, fight it out there. If you get beat by that, you can live with that. But if Kamara beats you, it's another one of these, like, what the heck are you doing? So um, I'm going to take the under, and I'm going to take uh, the Bucks straight up. But uh, not real confident in this. The number seems about right, three and a half. Uh, it gets to three. It's going to be tough. I don't want to say to play the Saints because I don't think I can bet on Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but the number the number seems about right where it is. It's just I don't know uh, – I, I just don't know how you don't have an easy – this is a simple game to, to scheme for, and Dallas completely messed it up somehow. The other uh, the other fact about this, too, is uh, Jameis Winston is, really thrives as an underdog where he's not expected to win. It's almost like he's a better quarterback in that aspect, that if he throws an interception that costs him the game, it's not who was supposed to win versus, holy shit, i got to make this throw to win the game type of thing. So kind of an interesting uh, dynamic and trend there, too. Sure, um, Dave. Make sure you uh, make sure you have like the any your uh, NHL, uh, you know which teams are in which division because we are going to run a full prediction on that here in just a second. But let's run a little bit of rapid fire through the last uh, the last three games here in the uh, in the NFL Big Five for the week, and then we'll hit the NHL predictions. Get out of here. Um, the Vikings two and two Vikings five and a half point road favorite. Uh, at the New York Giants, who are two and two, the over/under on this one is uh, forty-five. Uh, this one one o'clock on Fox. Um, you know the, the the Giants, you know, had have new life with uh, with Danny Dimes, and uh, you know, despite Barkley's injury, the running game was still going this week. Um, and Minnesota kind of comes in here. Um, where Kirk Cousins and 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 that offense just are not going. They were almost shut out this week. It's this one. This one is probably the hardest to call. Um, real quick and easy. I'm going to go uh, Giants with the points. The Vikings win the game, but I'm going to take the under. I think this one is going to be a lot more boring than people expect. Jim, I, I uh, just want to say that I think that this is one of my favorite games and spots this week. Um, there's been a lot of hype around Danny Dimes and this Vikings defense is for real. They're going to get pressure on Danny Dimes, which he hasn't seen in his first two games. Additionally, they can run the ball, uh, versus Giants defense. So the ball is not going to be in Kirk Cousins' hands. So I think Minnesota wins this game by 10 plus points, uh, fairly easily. 
The other thing is I'm uh, probably way on this game at some point, but uh, there, there's been a video that surfaced uh, that, that cracks me up that uh, Kurt, uh, Kirk Cousins almost missed hitting the board, throwing a ball to the, for the gender reveal and his uh, baby's gender when they had that. So uh, sick to my stomach, but I'm probably putting money <laughs> on that clown. All right, very good. Um, Packers three and one at the Cowboys, who are also three and one, and are a three and a half point home favorite. The over under on this one is forty seven, uh, four twenty five on Fox. I would assume that's your national game of the week. Um, these games are always a lot of fun. Um, if but I just look at the the Eagles roughed up the Packers pretty good, and I know the Packers had a couple extra days to get ready for this one. Uh, but the Cowboys need a good be- uh, bounce back spot, so I'm going to take the Cowboys with the points. And uh, I'm I'm, I'm going to go the over on this one. Both these offenses going to move. I'm taking the Packers in the under here. Uh, I think the Packers win this game straight up. Uh, I think they saw a pretty good game plan on how to uh, scheme here against against uh, Dallas. So I think that's going to help them. But uh, the other the other piece is it, it feels like this Packers defense uh, got exposed a little bit last week, but uh, they also have some rest here to. to to get healthy and to, to replicate that a little bit. So um, I think I'm taking the Packers straight up here and they, uh, another time to anytime Cowboys fans are confident that they're going to win a, win a game, if they're not playing the Dolphins, but uh, if they're confident that they're going to win a game, it's certainly a good time to get off the Cowboys ship. Well, I mean, I didn't say I was overly confident. I just think the Packers are better than it or aren't as good as advertised. All right. Monday night, it is the two and two Browns. The oh, first, Jim, you missed the, you missed the important game on set on uh Sunday here the uh the bye week is currently favored by 12 and a half over the Dolphins. <laughs> Come on, that's just that's just unnecessary. That's it's true though. Uh, all right, Monday Browns 2 and 2, the first place Browns uh, at the 3 and 0 49ers, the last undefeated team in the National Football Conference, uh who are a three and a half point home favorite. The over under on this one 46 and a half. Uh, this one, of course, eight fifteen p.m. on ESPN. Um, I, I have no clue. Uh, for just for Chase, he's been hanging in with us uh, here in the comments section, and uh, and appreciate it. I'm going to pick the Browns with the upset, uh, and I'm going to take the over in this one. So there you go, Chase. Browns get the win. Man, I'm going with the uh, the 49ers here in the under. Um, 49ers should have their way in this one. Uh, a, I don't want to say an easy victory, but uh, fairly routine here. Um, they're going to be able to get pressure on Baker all day, which uh, is going to really spin him around, if that makes sense. So um, I, I think that the Browns – I don't want to say the Browns are in trouble here, but I think that uh, they're, they're pretty banged up on D2 that San Francisco should be able to exploit. Uh, granted, there's a lot of injury updates between now and then. Um, but I think that this one is close to a, a touchdown or more for uh, San Francisco's victory. Uh, however, I don't want to scare off our friend uh, Chase there, so um, forget my <laughs> pick and just go with Jim's, but I'm uh, not taking your, your brownies here. Um, all right, Dave, let's move to the National Hockey League. The season kicks off tomorrow night. The St. Louis Blues raise their banner to the rafters. Um, my, you know, the, today I, I, we shared the video of uh, – Two blues players presenting Layla with her uh, with her own ring, and my, my dad said he's uh, he, he cried for about fifteen minutes after that. Uh, he still feels good, um, but uh, you know, and it, it it'll be surreal for him to see the blues finally put a uh, put a banner in the rafters there. Um, 
And uh, once again, the Washington Capitals are uh, kicking off the season watching a banner go to the rafters. Um, it's nothing new for them. They usually play pretty well. Um, but uh, let's look at full predictions for the season, Dave. Starting the Metro Division, um, my top three when we get to the end of the season, I have the Islanders coming in at three. I think they're going to continue to build off what uh, Trotz and company started last year. My number two in the division is our Capitals. Um, you know, I, I think it's you know a pretty safe bet that they're going to be in the conversation. You know, they they, they still have a super strong team. Uh, may have a little bit of time finding identity uh, on the blue line with with you know Kempney whether when he's going to actually get in the lineup and no Warpick this year with the leadership. My number one team in the Metro um, at at the end of uh, the season is uh, the the team that eliminated us last year, the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they're going to continue to build um, off of what they uh, what they started a year ago. Yeah, Jim, uh, can't can't argue with that too much. Uh, I, I'm going uh, Carolina three, Washington two, and a Columbus Blue Jackets uh, number one. So we'll see how that uh, that irons out there. But that's my uh, quick hitter at the moment. Very good. Let's move to the Atlantic. Uh, I have uh, Boston at three. I think you know it's going to be a tough bounce back after losing in the finals last year. Um, but if you look from top to bottom in the Atlantic, it's it's pretty much a uh, a, a three dog race on this one. So I got Boston at two, ter- or Boston at three, Toronto at two, and uh, the Lightning are going to keep rolling from last year at number one. I got uh, Boston, then Tampa Bay, then Toronto, and I agree that the top three are uh, pretty uh, pretty simple here. Uh, it's kind of interesting how how top heavy the Atlantic is and then how I don't want to say evenish the Metro is, but it's, it's interesting on how that is. So just, so I, I make sure we're You were, you were working bottom to top as well. So you have Toronto one, Tampa Bay two, Boston three. You got it. All right. Um, and now looking at the wild card, obviously with, with the um, lack of strength in the Atlantic division, the the Metro division, I think, is probably going to be the toughest division in the NHL this year. Of course, with our top three um, that that we predict, I mean, Columbus is going to be in the conversation. Uh, Pittsburgh still hanging around. the The Devils are a new look team. The Rangers are a new look team. The Flyers, um, you know, started climbing last year. Now they have a new coaching staff. Um, you know, the, the the Metro division to me puts five teams into the. Stanley Cup playoffs, and and it's going to come down to the very end of the season. But my wild card teams, as much as I hate to put them in there, uh, number one is the Pittsburgh Penguins, but number two is that new look New Jersey Devils. Yeah, uh, I I can't argue with the Devils there, but uh, I I can't do it. So Uncle Mitch, feel free to call me. Um, <laughs> first wild card team is going to be your New York Islanders, and I'm bucking the trend on this. I did it in football. So I got to do it in hockey too, just because it's a hockey town. But your second wild card team is going to be the Buffalo Sabers. Wow, that is going to make Chase very happy. He's a Sabers fan, although he's um, from Columbus, and he says, "And yeah, this one is is this one's never in doubt." Gritty mascot of the year. Um, so let's uh, let's move to the uh, the Western Conference um, Central Division. I think is is going to be. A similar story to what what happened last year um, in, in terms of who the top three teams are. And um, I have 
Winnipeg taking number one in the Central. I have Nashville at number two, and I have the defending champion St. Louis Blues at number three. You went, just so I, I can capture this here, you went Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis? Correct. All right, I, I can't argue that too much. Uh, three, I'm going with with uh, Winnipeg. Two, I'm going with Nashville, just with the Carrie Underwood hookup still, kind of. Why not? <laughs> and uh, another a Dave Long shot here, but we're going with it. Uh, number one in the Central is going to be your Colorado Avalanche. Wow. Um, spoiler alert, I do have them in the playoffs, but obviously not uh, not winning or in the top three. Uh, moving spoiler to the... alert, Dave takes some risks. <laughs> uh, let's move to the Pacific. Um, I have the Arizona Coyotes at number three. Um, you know, they're, they're a team that's young. They, they also got a little bit of experience there with fat Phil Kessel, uh, going out to the desert. Uh, the number two, I have the San Jose Sharks and number one, um, is the, uh, is the Vegas Golden Knights. All right. So I am going to go, um, I like the Arizona pick though. That's, that's a little trendy though. So, um, I'm going to go San Jose three. I'm going to go Vegas two uh out in vegas recently and and i i thought it was pretty interesting a lot of the the hockey people out there that i was talking to just blackjack tables bars and everything um they weren't overly excited or amped about this season coming up they they thought the team was pretty status quo from, from last year but i think they made a couple uh under the radar signings so um i do like this Knights team and then uh jimmy you're gonna put me on record on this one too Sure, but uh, we we are going with the the Calgary Flames as your winner. I mean, they won that division last year, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can uh, if they can keep that going um, through this upcoming season. Uh, and my two wild card teams in the West, Dave, I have the Colorado Avalanche uh, getting into as my number one wild card team, and my number two is a team that was real, real bad. Early on last year, they made a coaching change. They started to rebuild that thing. Um, I have the Chicago Blackhawks as my number two wild card. I'm going with the Blues number one, and we're going to continue the the trend of taking some long shots here, <laughs> and we are going to take the Vancouver Canucks. Wow. Okay. Well, that will make – I have uh, – some some work colleagues out there in Vancouver, so I will uh, make sure that uh, I send the the file of this week's show over to them just so they can hear that one. Um, Dave, who gotta go with the Canucks, eh? Who will be your President's Trophy winner at the end of this year? I have the Winnipeg Jets uh, as the team that's going to get the old dreaded curse. I have whoever I picked to win the Atlantic. I think I had Toronto picked in this. Yes. But, uh, I have whoever I picked to win the Atlantic. All right. So you got the Maple right. Leafs. Uh, yeah, well, that city's cursed. We all know that. All right, Dave, let's look far out here in the uh, in the crystal ball. Let's look ahead to uh, late May, early June, Eastern Conference champion, Western Conference champion. I have, num- you know, the, the Washington Capitals coach that brought us the uh, the greatest – uh, the greatest joy he is in, obviously in a new place now. The New York Islanders as your Eastern Conference champion, and I have those Vegas Golden Knights 
getting back to the Stanley Cup final for the second time in their first three years. Vegas as your Western Conference champ. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I can't argue with either of those two. I'm going to go uh, that your Stanley Cup matchup is going to be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, I feel like they're that everything's saying that they're a little down this year. So we're going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Um, I know it's not a real Dave underdog pick like normally <laughs> happens, but um, we're going to go the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they are going to play. Uh, man, I've been debating this one for a while, and I can't figure out who I like out west. So um, we're going to go with the uh, the Nashville Predators and the Carrie Underwood love never dies. All right, so Dave, you have Nashville. And man, is that going to piss off NBC <laughs> trying to figure out how to market that Stanley Cup final? Well, I mean, I have the Islanders and the uh, – and Ve- well, Vegas seems to be a pretty easy one. It worked out well uh, for us. But um, – who, Dave, then do you have winning the Stanley Cup, and who is your con Smythe? For me, I have the team that, let's go back to 2018, that if there was anybody else playing the Vegas Golden Knights besides our Washington Capitals, I would have been rooting for Vegas the whole way. So I have the Vegas Golden Knights with a great story winning the uh, the, the Stanley Cup, and our old pal... Mark Andre Fleury in his uh, in his last what what I predict will be his last season if he wins this uh, as your Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Hmm, interesting. I, I mean, I can't go wrong now that I got some some nice gear and I got to see the rink, so um, I, I wouldn't be too upset with that. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Nashville here, and I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Pekka. Uh, kind of playing the same strength as you there, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of roll with that and see what happens. Um, I also think Tampa Bay is a little a little better than they were last year, and I, I don't know how we really explain that playoff collapse that happened, but uh, um, I do like this Tampa Bay team a lot. To me, I mean, I think it 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 is just you know Chase, Chase has uh, Vegas winning uh, as well. Um, but I, I, I kind of explained well, just t- like normal Vegas has no chance. Then. <laughs> um, I, I, I think I kind of explain Tampa Bay's collapse the same way that I would explain, you know, the, all the years San Jose was really good and collapsed in the playoffs or we were really good and collapsed in the playoffs. Like they have the talent to do it. Um, but until they do it, I don't believe that they can or will. So, um, it's, it's, you know, it, it it's just one of those things where, and I think it could be the same issue that I think the Capitals had when we were in the old Southeast Division, is you didn't you didn't have the the toughest competition in the the league, so the Caps were winning year after year after year uh, division titles, but when they got into those grind them out games in the playoffs, they didn't know how to do it. I think the Atlantic is falling into that similar thing. The the reason teams from the Metro almost every year for the past, what, decade have made it, um, the Bruins have been the exception a few times, but is just because the, the better competitions in the Metro and this year, it's really going to be lopsided. So, you know, that's why I think the, the, the Eastern Conference champion comes out of the Metro again. But um, Tampa Bay certainly has the talent to do it, Dave. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just bizarre, and it's I mean, hockey predictions are great and everything, and and I do I will hopefully remember to tweet them tomorrow, but I will have a couple uh, 
value bets on uh, on futures. And all I'm looking to do with hockey futures is get them into the playoffs. Um, generally, I'll take somewhere between two and, and six or eight futures, depending on who I think there's value in. And all I'm looking to do is get them into playoffs. And it's an easy um, hedge factor, especially with the long series. So um been pretty successful doing it uh generally if i take six futures i'm trying to get four of them in the playoffs and if i get four and we'll make uh we'll, we'll lock in some profits somehow so um again i think we're we're getting ready to put a bow on this one here jimmy so uh i, I know you're going to ask where they can find me and we're at uh, huddle up dave on twitter so i'm getting ahead of you on that and then, uh, <laughs> i'll turn it back over to you here all right dave we'll talk to you next week man thanks everyone uh appreciate the the support here and uh good luck if you get down this week we're gonna print some money all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Dave, for uh, joining us and giving us some good predictions and some crappy ones. But uh, you can follow me at Huddle Up or uh, the show at Huddle Up Podcast and uh, on uh, Facebook and Twitter. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports. I want to appreciate and thank Chase and Austin uh, who were uh, giving some feedback and some questions during the show. Also want to say hi to Devin and company who are watching along with us throughout the night. We appreciate that as always. Make sure you still share the video so people can watch it here at any time and subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, your Android devices. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. We appreciate that to give us a follow um, and a subscribe. We're also, and we're brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. You can decorate your home with your favorite sports, movies, or TV fandom. Alicia's Pillows and Things has pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite teams and characters. Go ahead and log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. NGSC Sports is our home network. You can find great written content, a bunch of great podcasts, and much more over at NGSCSports.com. And until next week... For Dave, I am Jim. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay smart. Go for the win.